Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I hope you all are doing well. It's a brand new week when I am recording this, and I am just ready for some fresh energy and feel good vibes. So I thought what better way to bring in that feel good energy than to record an episode where I talk about 12 ways that we drain our energy. Sometimes we drain our energy without even realizing it. So I thought I'd share some ways that you might be draining your energy so you can become aware and hopefully allow yourself to change some of these habits and mindsets so that you can feel good, feel more energized, and ultimately just feel more at peace internally because that is the goal, inner peace. And now I do want to apologize if you can hear the wind and rain in the background. It is a stormy, windy night. Um, so yeah, I do apologize. I'm really hoping that it's not too loud, but let's get into the episode. All right, so starting with the first way that we drain our energy, and it's by living in a constant state of prep mode, preparing for the worst case scenario. It's really easy for our mind to always think of the worst case scenario, We are always wanting to be prepared, but how many times do we find ourselves preparing for the worst case scenario outcomes and they don't even end up happening? Now, some would argue it's better to be prepared than to not be prepared, but how prepared are we actually? When the worst case scenario happens, are we ever truly fully prepared? The truth is, oftentimes our imagination causes us the most stress, the most worry, the most pain. Our ego is always speaking to us like, well, you know, this could go wrong, or what if this doesn't work out? What if this happens? But what if you had so much trust that the best case scenario was going to work out? Imagine how energized you would feel because you aren't making space in your frequency for fear and stress. Think about it. We go to bed at night and we don't stress if the sun is going to rise or if the trees are going to be there to give us oxygen to breathe because we don't have control over those situations. We just trust that it's going to work out and it does. Shifting out of that worst case scenario mindset is going to make you feel more energized because that fear isn't going to be weighing you down. Try to get into the habit of having so much faith and trust that the best case scenario will work out. And even if it doesn't, that's okay. But at least you aren't having to live through worst case scenarios more than once. Because here's the thing, time is not linear. All we have is this present moment. So when you are thinking in your mind how a potential outcome could go wrong, you're actually just creating the feelings and the energy of that potential outcome in your present moment. It causes extra stress and fear and it lowers your vibration. And I know this is hard because we all want to be prepared if something goes wrong, but this constant prep mode is draining your energy. Life is a constant flow of waves. There's many ups and there's many downs. We can't stop the waves from coming, but we can always control how we react to waves when they do come our way. 
And I won't lie, this is a hard mindset to shift out of. But when you don't allow it to drain your energy anymore, it feels so good. All right, number two, you're living on survival mode. And I think many of us can relate to this because it's a very conditioned mindset. And first, let me start with explaining what survival mode is. I found this article from psychologytoday.com that puts it well, and it says, Survival mode is an adaptive response of the human body to help us survive danger and stress. Life can be busy and chaotic. Many of us are experts at being in survival mode in that we have learned to go through the motions in life and do what we need to do to survive, right? You're just doing what you can to survive and make it through your day. You may be constantly stressing about the future and how you're going to be able to get yourself up the next day and go to work because you are so drained from living a life that doesn't make you feel fulfilled, but it's the way you've been conditioned to live for so long so that you can have your bills paid and keep your head above water. It's hard to get out of survival mode. Survival mode keeps us in our comfort zone. It's when our ego has more control and power than our soul does. And survival mode is often triggered when you feel fear or when a situation triggers feelings of stress. You go into this fight or flight mode. And I shared my experience with survival mode on a previous episode. I've actually been talking to my therapist a lot about survival mode because I was on survival mode for such a long time. And I still have moments where I get triggered and I feel the survival mode wanting to turn back on, but it is an energy drainer. Getting myself out of a toxic work environment has helped a lot. And going after a career that felt more aligned with my soul has also helped. And learning how to have faith that the universe is always going to provide me with what I need and letting go of that worry. Reframing my limiting beliefs around what it means to survive and what it means to live. All right, so number three, holding on to what no longer aligns. This is a tough one because our ego loves what's comfortable and what's familiar. And oftentimes, letting go triggers our ego because letting go is change and unfamiliarity, which is why we often hold on to jobs that no longer align, relationships that aren't good for our soul, and toxic situations that keep us in our comfort zone. Letting go is hard, and at times it can be painful. But the longer we hold on to what no longer aligns, the longer we keep ourselves stuck in a cycle that continues to drain our energy and hold us back from soul alignment. In order to find that inner peace that our soul is desiring, we need to let go of what takes that inner peace away from us. And often it's those toxic relationships and situations and jobs that make us feel constantly drained and unfulfilled. As soon as you let go of what no longer aligns, you make room for what does. And I saw Maddie Prue say, and yes, I'm talking about the girl from The Bachelor, but hear me out. I saw her say, when you let go of good enough, you make room for God's best. When we stop settling for good enough, we make room to let the universe bring us our best. The best that we may not even be able to imagine in that moment. But when we get out of our own way, we make room for it. And that really stood out to me. And I know God can be a triggering word for some people who aren't really religious or whatever else, but I usually use the, you know, the universe. So whatever feels comfortable for you. All right. So now number four, having an all or nothing mindset. With an all or nothing mindset, we usually create these narratives in our mind that, for example, 
you know, let's say we start something new, like if you create a new product and you set this goal to make 50 sales at launch, and then launch day comes and you make 10 sales instead of 50. So because you didn't make those 50 sales, you start to doubt that your product is good enough and you scrap the whole thing. Or let's say you take an exam and you didn't get an A, so you start to doubt your abilities. It's that I need to accomplish it all right then and there. And if I don't, then I must not be good enough mindset that really not only drains our energy, but also holds us back from our potential. Because oftentimes, this all or nothing mindset can actually sabotage us when it comes to going after our goals. Know that it's okay to not get it all on the first try. Other ways that an all or nothing mindset can show up is like, let's say, for example, you have a fitness goal to work out every other day. And if you miss one day, it throws you off. So now you give up on that routine and those habits for the rest of the month. Or if you tell yourself you only want to eat one cookie, but you end up eating two, and now you feel this need to eat the rest and just give up on the goal because you already had more than one, so it doesn't matter anymore. This can be similar to a perfectionist mindset, where you feel like everything has to be perfect or else it's just not worth it. Which brings me actually to number five, waiting for perfect before you begin. And this is something I struggled with for the longest time. So let me know if you can relate. For the longest time, I wanted to shift my focus to spirituality, but part of me felt like I didn't know enough or, you know, I needed to be more informed about a certain topic before I helped others pursue their spiritual journey. It's similar to imposter syndrome. So because you feel like you don't know enough, you sit there spending your time continuously learning and researching and pushing off the day that you choose to just start that passion project or start that business or whatever else you are afraid to start because you fear that you don't know enough. But what I've learned is that the learning doesn't stop. You will never know it all. And if you wait until you know it all before you begin, you will never begin. So if this sounds like you, then take this as a sign to just start. Start right now. Because I promise you will never know it all because no one knows it all. Learning is never ending and you will always learn more along your journey. Perfect does not exist. And perfect is based on perspective anyway. So let go of the need to be perfect because it's draining your energy and it's holding you back. Number six, arguing with people who are set on proving you wrong. This is a big one for me. There are people who are never going to want to see your point of view. For some, it's just not possible for them to think that there's another perspective out there that is different from their own. Especially in today's society, people are always wanting to be right. It's hard for some people to see the other side. So instead of just wasting your energy arguing with someone who refuses to see a different point of view than their own, just let it go. And I know that's hard sometimes because as humans, we want to feel understood. Our ego craves that validation. And when we don't feel validated in our view, we start to question our own thoughts or we just get frustrated because we feel misunderstood. I recently had this experience. 
As I always say in every episode, but if you are new here, I am a very spiritual being with my own beliefs when it comes to life and religion. I personally don't like to box myself in with religion. I feel it's very limiting, but again, this is just my belief and my perspective. I can understand why some people would see that differently, and I have nothing against anyone who sees things differently than me. And I do believe in God or a higher power. But what's always been hard for me is having a very Christian family because from my perspective and the way I feel is that they can never see eye to eye with me on my beliefs and at times I feel like they are trying to prove me wrong. And it can be really hard, but it's hard on my ego, right? We got into a conversation yesterday about it because they talk about religion a lot because they can all relate to that and they all have the same religious beliefs. So they enjoy talking about it together. They are strong in their faith and they have a right to be. But the Bible gets brought up a lot and religion gets brought up a lot. And during one of these conversations, I brought up how I really love astrology and how much it's helped me in my self-discovery and spiritual journey because I didn't want to hide my beliefs anymore. I wanted to be authentically me and share what I believe in and be authentic. But I was instantly shot down seeing how I should reconsider that and how the Bible is against it. And in that moment, I felt my body instantly tense up and my anxiety kicked in because it's so hard feeling misunderstood or feeling frustrated when your entire family has a strong belief and you're the only one who sees something differently. It triggered moments from childhood for me and always feeling like an outsider when it came to my family because my beliefs aren't the same as theirs. It made me kind of feel alone. And as a child, I always seeked validation from my family. And this was just reflecting another instance where I was seeking validation. Often validation from your family is something our ego craves. And I'm learning how to just let go of the need to get that validation from my family when it comes to my beliefs because I know I will never get that from them. Trying to seek that validation is just draining my energy. And I love my family and we've been through a lot together and it's taking me a lot of growth to come to a place where I don't allow these differences to come between us. But sometimes you need to set those boundaries. If you know that talking about certain topics are going to upset you, make that known or allow yourself to walk away from conversations that make you feel uncomfortable. It's okay to set those boundaries and you don't have to feel guilty about it. The situations will of course vary for each person, but having constant conversations about the same thing every time with people who are very fixated on their own point of view is just exhausting. At the end of the day, I know my family doesn't like astrology, doesn't believe in it, doesn't like tarot, doesn't think it's right, and I know that talking about the Bible and religion with them is too much for me, so staying away from those topics when having conversations together is ultimately going to be the best for my energy and to help create more more peaceful conversations between us. Which also ties into number seven, trying to change someone. Trying to change someone is draining your energy. We cannot make people change. The more you try to change someone, the more drained and frustrated you will become. The only person who can change someone is that person. They have to be willing to do the work to make those changes. And during the beginning of my spiritual healing journey, I so badly wanted my husband to be on the same page as me. I wanted to go through this together. I wanted him to be into tarot just like me. I wanted him to focus on doing the inner work, but that's not him. He's not me and he's not on the same path as me and that's okay. 
everyone has their own timeline for when specific things are meant to unfold and happen for them. Of course we have free will, but oftentimes there is a divine plan and timing in place too. So when you force someone to change when the timing isn't aligned or when it's just not written in the stars for them to do so, it's not going to happen. The best thing to do is just focus on yourself, change yourself, connect with yourself. And as you do your own inner work, your reality begins to shift. And when you realize that you can't change someone, you see the situation for what it is. And you can then decide if the situation with that person is worth it or not. And if it's not, then you let go. But trying to change someone else will cause a lot of resentment and draining of your own energy. Number eight, you constantly focus on what you lack. Those lack mindsets will drain your energy. Like I mentioned in previous podcast episodes, a lack mindset is the opposite of an abundant mindset. And what we focus on is often what we attract more of. If you focus on lack, you're going to continue to attract more lack. Let's say you want to own two cars, but you have one. Do you view this as, I only have one car, Or do you view this as, I am grateful I have one car? If you check your bank account and see that the balance is $20, do you say, I only have $20, I wish I had more? Or do you think, I am grateful I have $20 and I'm grateful for the money I continue to attract into my life? I know some of these mindset shifts can sound ridiculous, but rewriting your limiting beliefs and rewiring your mind to focus on abundance and gratitude rather than lack is going to have a huge effect on your energy. And you should also keep this in mind when you compare yourself to others. You see someone living in a home that you wish you lived in and you think, you know, she has such a beautiful home. My house is so small compared to hers. This again creates a lack mindset because you are focusing on what she has that you don't. And when we compare, we are focusing on what someone else has that we don't have right now. But that doesn't mean we won't ever have it, right? So instead, shift to, wow, you know, she has a beautiful home and I am grateful I will live in a home like that in divine timing. But for now, I'm grateful for the home that I have. Always practice gratitude for what you already have because gratitude is an energy giver. All right, number nine, focusing on things outside of you to make you happy. This is a tough one, but we drain our energy by relying on people and things outside of ourselves to make us happy. True happiness actually comes from within. So let me give an example. Let's say you are single and you're getting ready for a night out with your friends and you know someone you have a crush on is going to be there. So you take the time to get ready and look good in hopes that your crush will notice you and think, you know, damn, she looks good tonight. Damn, he looks good tonight, whatever it may be. So you get ready and when you get there, your crush is barely making eye contact with you. Your crush doesn't even say a word to you. Since you gave this person so much control of your own happiness by relying on their reactions to make you feel good, You are now left here feeling like you wasted your time getting ready and you start to feel like you aren't attractive. This cuts at your self-esteem. And yeah, some of us don't want to admit that we've done this before, but I'm sure at some point this has happened. But when you switch it to, okay, I'm going to get ready and look good for me, and you let go of the attachment you have to your crush's reaction, you actually show up with more confident energy. And because you have this confidence about you, 
It's attractive. It doesn't even matter if your crush notices you because you know you look good and feel good regardless, and this raises your vibration. You aren't attaching your energy and the way you feel to someone else's reaction to you. And you can use this for so many things. Like, let's say you study really hard for an exam and you're like, all right, I really need to ace this test. If I don't get an A, I'm gonna be really upset with myself. So you take the test and you get a C. And suddenly you're all overwhelmed with emotions and you start to beat yourself up because you studied so hard, you feel like a failure. And the reason you feel this way is because you gave this test so much power over you. You said, all right, this test, this test result is in control of my happiness, not me. You are determining your self-worth and your happiness in these moments based off of something that is outside of you. Sure, you know, things outside of us can bring us happiness for a moment, but long-term happiness comes from the peace that we feel within. It comes from not allowing other people to be in control of our happiness and allowing ourselves to know our worth regardless of the opinions and reactions of others. We aren't determining our value based off of what we own or how much money is in our bank account or the grades we get. This is what detachment looks like because when we attach ourselves to things outside of ourselves, we allow these things outside of us to control our frequency. At the end of the day, it's important to always show up for yourself because like I always say, the relationship we have with self sets the foundation for the rest of our relationships. Little windy, little windy. Wind is kicking in out there. Wow. All right, so number 10, trying to control and micromanage your life. There's nothing more draining than trying to control everything that happens in your life. Can you agree with that? Especially things that are not in your control. But we see it happen all the time. And I struggled with this for a long time. And a lot of this stems from feeling like I never had control as a child. My life always felt like a constant state of change and chaos. So I always felt the need to be in control of everything in order to feel safe. But trying to control the outcome and trying to control every aspect of your life can be so draining. Have you ever tried to live in flow? To just allow life to take you where you are meant to be? To have so much trust that it's going to work out and that everything is happening for you and not to you? There is no better feeling than just letting go of that need to control things that you simply cannot control. And to put your trust in the universe to deliver what you need. Like I mentioned earlier, we can't control the sun rising and we can't control if the trees will be there when we wake up, but we have faith that they will be and they always are. That's the kind of faith you need to have. Number 11, sacrificing your internal peace for a moment of external peace. I I feel like I'm saying this a lot, but again, I struggled with this for a while. In childhood, you know, we often create this version of ourselves that we use to protect ourselves. Like, for example, I was always afraid of my dad's anger and the arguments at home because there was always yelling in short tempers. So I created this version of myself that would pick up on other people's energy very easily and adapt to their mood. I read a room quick because I felt like I always had to make sure I didn't say or do the wrong thing. This is how I protected myself as a child. But I brought this version of myself into adulthood with me because that's all I ever knew. That was the version of myself that I was always comfortable with. Therefore, I am constantly sacrificing my own internal peace in order to keep the external peace for a moment. 
whether it's doing something I don't want to do so I don't upset someone else or whether it's avoiding a tough conversation altogether because I fear the conflict and anger that might come from the conversation. I create this discomfort within me because of fear. And this even leads to resentment because I'm doing something I don't want to do in order to make someone else happy. And all of this drains your energy. The truth is, our external world is going to reflect back to us how we feel internally. So at the end of the day, sacrificing your inner peace for a moment of external peace is only hurting you in the long run. Allowing myself to work on healing this hurt inner child and let go of the version of myself that I created to protect myself as a child has been a lot of work. And at times it's difficult. Healing is a never-ending journey, but it is so freeing to do that inner work and find that peace within. And lastly, number 12, allowing others to make decisions for you. This is also something we pick up on during childhood. Because as a child, we relied on our parents a lot. We also relied on our teachers and people who took care of us. We didn't always have a say in what we wanted. Oftentimes it was, you are eating this for dinner and you will like it or you don't have to eat at all. Being conditioned as children to think certain ways and not have control over our own choices can actually affect us in adulthood. It creates this version of self that is indecisive or afraid to think for ourselves or make choices for ourselves without getting validation from others that it's the right choice. There's a disconnect with our intuition that often happens during childhood and it's up to us to do that inner work to build up that connection again. So if you can relate to this at all, then the best way to build your intuition back up is to listen to your gut instinct, usually the first choice that you feel. Um, When you make a decision or when you want to make a decision for yourself, don't seek out external validation, just do it. And try to meditate or connect with your intuition through journaling. Our intuition is loudest during moments of silence or when we're grounded. All right, so I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, be sure to let me know by leaving a review. It helps me a lot. Share with those who may need to hear these messages too. I would love to connect with you on social media. I am at Duclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S on all social media platforms. I'm also offering one-on-one mindset and spiritual coaching sessions. I'll leave that info in the show notes for you below. And I'm sending you all of my love. Until next time.